0: This week
1: on Dig Me Out... There was a sense of like, oh wow, this is what the future of music is going to sound like. Tim and Jay Review, delete yourself by Atari Teenage Riot. One, two, three, Hello
0: and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Menichi, And joining me as always, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, it's episode 254, 254, season 5. We only have about five episodes left in season 5. Counting That's, them down. Counting them down. And uh, this week, we're rebooting this one because there's uh, a little a bit of a mix-up, <laughs> which everybody Oops. will get to hear the audio at the end of this episode because I saved it. When we first tried to do this. Uh, We are reviewing the 1995 album Delete Yourself, the debut record from Atari Teenage Riot. I picked this one, Jay, and I'll tell you why. Why? Um, They were a band that we got the record at the radio station that we worked at in college. And I heard, like, one song, and I went, I don't know what the hell is going on pass like i never listen to it again but they were a band that has been cited a lot in the last 20 years not a lot i should say their name comes up here and there in in regards to different artists I, I know i've always been like i should go back and check them out i don't really remember what the hell they sound like i just remember being put off when i first heard them since it's been 20 years figure now is actually the time to probably go back and revisit this record so jay did you have any recollection of atari teenage riot
1: yeah i mean i remember the name i remember vaguely like the band image and roughly what they sounded like so okay well i'm just looking at i'm looking at the album cover and um the scene behind them is very matrixy
0: well before the matrix yeah and uh It's actually the, well, we'll get into it, but it's actually the second album cover for this. We'll cover in the history of the band.
1: History of the band.
0: So Atari Teenage Riot was formed in Berlin, Germany in 1992. The name was taken from a Portuguese Joe song entitled Teenage Riot from the album Teenage Riot. With the word Atari added, as an Atari ST computer was used to create the compositions. Uh, the three members of the band originally were Alec Empire, Hannon Elias, and MC Carl Crack. Okay, MC Carl Crack sounds like he'd be on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. <laughs> so after signing to European label pho- Phonogram, Phonogram, phonogram phon- I can't say this word, Phonogram, phonogram? Records in 1993 the band received what now hooked on phonics records yeah seriously uh the band received a large financial advance which they used to set up their own record label called digital hardcore recordings yeah so so basically they got a, a bunch of money from a record label to make a record they never delivered anything to the record label and they took the money in the advance and started their own record label oh my gosh that's brilliant. There you go. They never even delivered a demo or anything. It's so good. In uh, 1995, they released what was originally called 1995, and there was a, a picture uh, on the original album was an Uzi, just a picture of an Uzi. Mm. If you're, you know, if you've seen any uh, Chuck Norris or uh, Charles Bronson movie from the 1980s, there was an Uzi in every one of those movies.
1: Aren't isn't the uh, I don't know much about guns, but I think like those are like really poorly designed, like because they're so small and powerful, like you basically can't aim them.
0: Yeah, I believe that's the case. Which is funny yeah. because I just watched the movie The Counselor with uh, Michael Fassbender and Cameron Diaz and Brad Pitt, and there's a scene where a guy is in a gunfight with an he, the, like the one guy has an Uzi, and the other guy has a pistol, and the guy with the pistol can't hit anything. Right. And the guy with the Uzi kills like four people, and one of them <laughs> is like he shoots up a truck with, and he shoots the driver from like half a mile away. I'm like, that's a mini Uzi. That doesn't right. work. You can't do that with a mini Uzi. Those things right. have terrible aim. Right. But uh, it was Counselor, which was a bad movie. So, I digress. Uh, so originally, this album came out on the label Digital Hardcore Recordings, and then was licensed by the Beastie Boys in the USA. Under a new title, so it was the third title for the record, called Burn, Berlin, Burn. That came out on Grand Royal. Uh, in 1996, Nick Endo, who is a Japanese-German-American noise and soundscape artist, joined the band. And helped them re- uh, record the 1997 album, The Future of War. Uh, in nineteen ninety nine they released the album sixty Second Wipeout and later that year, at the in the winter of ninety nine, Hannon Elias left the band. and I believe they' were going through uh, maybe not a, a specific hiatus, but the band was struggling at this point. And on September six, two thousand one, MC Carl crack, who had been diagnosed with psychiatric issues, died from an overdose. Of pills, um, there's been a lot of. If you go on the net and read about it, there's a lot of discussion on whether it was an accidental intervo- overdose or whether it was an, a suicide attempt. Um, but it's not really clear because there's no like note left or anything like that. So uh, some people believe it was an accident, uh, but he was on psychi- psychiatric medication at the time. So then the band went on permanent hiatus. But as all bands do, they came back in. Uh, January 2010 To re- reunite for a few shows Across Europe And in June of 2011 They released their fourth studio album Is This Hyper Real That album featured CX Kidtronic New member <laughs> Okay And it was the first without uh, Original members Hannon and Elias And the late MC Carl Crack And then in February of 2015 They released their fifth studio album reset so that is the history of atari teenage riot if you have an album you would like to suggest for us to review time is running out folks we only got a few spots left for 2015 so head on over to digmeoutpodcast.com now jay we did get we got quite a bit of feedback on this record actually over to our facebook page chris martz Said a band that was too unique for their own good, too heavy to catch on with the breaking electronic scene of the 90s and too electronic to find a niche in the metal hardcore scene. That being said, almost 20 years later, I can't think of another band that I listen to that sounded anything like Atari Teenage Riot. David Weisberg says, yes, they were on my list of possible submissions. Shoot, we beat David to his own submission there. So, <laughs>
1: Way to go, Tim. This
0: is a free one. Uh, I had Burn Berlin Burn from 1997 as my pick, but I guess that's technically a compilation album. It's stuff from both Delete Yourself and The Future of War, and so wouldn't be eligible? Question mark. They're both great, though. Burn Berlin Burn was my intro to them over a decade ago, and I suspect that many other... Peoples, since it functions as a best of. I saw them in Fort Lauderdale in fall of 2011 on their reunion tour, and they were amazing. Can't wait for this review. So I guess David clarified for us that the album that came out on Grand Royal, Burn, Berlin, Burn, was actually a compilation, not just a re-release of this record, but actually included other material. And then over on our website, digmeoutpodcast.com, Stephen Frazier said... This came out the same time a lot of that electronic dance industrial music became more mainstream in Europe. Meat Beat, Manifesto, The Prodigy, and The Chemical Brothers. You could say they all came from the same vine. It's not really a rock music album, but it does have a punk feel to it that was different at the time. There's some hardcore rave elements to it as well. A lot of that is played out in today's modern music. Would you say such as Skrillex or others might have took from the like of eight, uh, Atari Teenage Riot or from the time frame? It's an interesting thought. And then Anarchy Nine 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 says, "Effing uh, love Atari Teenage Riot. They make some of the most intense stuff I've ever heard. All my friends call it <laughs> call it gay meth head music when I put it on, though. Well." <laughs> Your friends are not kind people. That's what I would say about that. Okay. Just, uh... That is a,
1: that is incredible. Yeah, that's As That person left comments before. If not, oh. please leave more.
0: Please leave more comments <laughs> anarchy 999. So Jay, we're going to talk about this record. Delete yourself by Atari Teenage Riot. I picked the record, Jay. That means you are going to start us off. Tell me one thing. Oh that you liked about this record i'm i'm trying
1: desperately to avoid sounding like the the grumpy old man on this review <laughs> i mean literally it was Uh-oh. the kids turn that racket down this is the music i, I guess the energy here is undeniable i mean it, it sounds like a bunch of kids you know 17 year olds uh who drink a lot of caffeine and play video games and are angsty about things that they don't really even understand, um, which is pronounced with the amount of uh, song titles that have exclamation marks at the ends of them. Uh, just, everything's enthusiastic, yeah, the- <laughs> the- <laughs> Jay. Every, everything's being shouted. You know the um, so from that, and, and also I guess I appreciate that. You know, there, there's no rules here. Obviously, you know they're just going with whatever they have available to them and making sounds that they think are, you know. Are fun and interesting. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you've just got samples that are re sped up and slowed down. And, you know, guitar, I don't even know if they ever play guitars on here, but like use of like distortion that's uh, digital, kind of like down sampling, which is uh-huh. not, not a pretty sound usually. Um, uh, I think that's just, on purpose. Right, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that, that's exactly what I mean. Like they're just playing around with any, you know, whatever they have at their disposal to make noise, um, which I can appreciate. You know, 17 year old kids doing that. I wish more 17 year old kids did that instead of dancing on YouTube. But so from that that aspect, I, I can I can appreciate
0: it. Uh, I think what you were getting at is the energy, and I I, I really appreciate the energy of this record. I think that. A band like this is sorely lacking in the in the present, and we've talked about this briefly in some other episodes. You know, bands like Rage Against the Machine and and other bands that were having uh, more political uh, thoughts in the '90s when it didn't seem as necessary, as opposed to the 2000s when there was a massive, questionable war and invasion going on and uh, overreach by the government in terms of uh, privacy issues and all sorts of things. And it seemed like some political bands would have been, uh, you know, welcome in the mainstream. Yeah. But that didn't really happen a whole lot. And uh, so it's good that this band actually came back and we're continuing. And I, and I believe Alc Empire did do solo stuff between 2000 and 2000, 2001 and 2010 when the band was uh, on hiatus, which is something you can't really say about uh, Zach Zach della Rocha, I mean, he just kind of disappeared Hasn't other women like some guest appearances on some songs or what have you. There's never been that Zach De La Rocha solo album that everybody's been waiting for so uh, I really enjoyed the the energy of this record. It's um a weird mashup of you know punk, fury, and uh, electronic, which I think w- is what uh a number of the commenters brought up uh it's it doesn't fall neatly into. Either of those camps. Um, and if you even just listen to the samples on a lot of these songs, you can tell that they're going for something a little bit edgier than, say, what the Chemical Brothers or the Prodigy were doing. And I'm thinking of, like, you know, the the last track on the record. We're reviewing the original 1995 release. So the last track on the record is track 12, right? 1995, which samples a Dinosaur Jr. song. That The, the car, guitar riff on that song is sludge feast which i think is on um either you're living all over me or one of the one of those albums bug maybe i I think it's really you're living all over me And then, track eleven samples "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Um, track seven s- samples the Sex Pistols. So there's a lot of, uh, and there's a there's tr- as track four uh, tr- samples the speed metal band Power Mad, and their song "Slaughterhouse," which if you've seen the movie uh, uh, "Wild at Heart," the David Lynch movie, that's that's where that song is. It's in that movie. And that's that's how I heard of them at first because they were like a B-level or D- C-level uh, thrash band, I guess. And uh, so there's a lot of, you know, it's not just sampling like hip-hop and, um, you know, James Brown and, and Parliament Funkadelic songs, getting those sort of standard beats. It, it's getting into like metal and hard rock and alternative rock, which I don't remember hearing any of those artists from the electronic era in 96, 97, 98. Sampling anything like that, so this is definitely a lot more aggressive than those bands. So I like that. This is good, um, like punching stuff music. If you're going to the gym (laughs) and you wanna, you're gonna go punch stuff. That's true. But there is Uh, there are some detours that we need to talk about. Okay. We'll track five. Sex. Yeah.
1: I don't know. My my, tip, my note on that was it just sounded that's to me sounded like generic electronic music, for a mid '90s electronic music. Like it, it doesn't have the all the things you just described that are kind
0: of oddball, right? Right. But I, I look at it; it's almost like the halfway palate cleanser of the record, where they let you like breathe for a minute, and then it's like right back into the record. Like they they go four songs like through the and the first four are pretty aggressive and it's like track 5 going to give you a moment of rest, catch your breath and then take you out through the rest of the record and it's just going to be mayhem and more chaos. And I thought it was a well done, you know, it's it's not the most original but we're still talking about 95. So this is a little bit earlier than some of those bands. You know, I think this is maybe the Chemical Brothers first album or EP came out this year. So this the electronic music hadn't made an impact uh, in the same way that it would in 96, 97 on uh, mainstream listeners.
1: Yeah, I like um, track four. It's probably my favorite song. Uh, I, I like when there's more vocal. You know, uh, the first two songs, the f- like, they're basically the same song. Like, when you listen to the format of it, the this, there's like a, a shouty chorus, Start the Riot now mm-hmm. and then the next song is into the death now <laughs> like it's basically the same song twice with a different sample so i'm like oh boy where's this going and then a raver bashing kind of steps it up a notch in terms of the intensity and using some riffs but then i think speed is where to me it, it starts to make sense and come together and um there's more vocal on it mm-hmm. uh, it's more of a tr- you know it's not just about the loop and the sample I guess that's one of the things that I always struggle with with this kind of music is that, you know, it, it just feels like you're riding an autopilot, and that you know what I mean. Just, sure. I, get, I just get bored with it, and, and when there's at least more vocal and more dynamics, it, it mixes it up and keeps it interesting. Um, so, and I like that you, you hear the, the female voice a little bit in this song, I think for one of the first times on the record, which is is a good uh, mix. Uh, as well. So and, and then I think delete yourself is it the other track that I that I liked but that one is it's so dependent on that sex pistols guitar riff and to make the hook that's where I start to also get tripped up on a lot of this stuff is the moments that I really like are because I'm hearing the other samples of songs that I like you know or, or, right. or providing the the musical hook. So I struggle with that I don't know what to make of that old man old man
0: doesn't know Uh, well in some ways that criticisms remind me i think of the carter the unstoppable sex machine mm -hmm. where you know we would have songs that were based around a a riff sample or some sort of simple original riff that was just repeated ad nauseum Mm -hmm. and um when there's not much dynamic to it it definitely can cause lose interest pretty quickly
1: Yep. I mean, I like, I like when there's, um, there's a couple songs where they'll, there's kind of a drum break or there's a um, they'll shift the tempo down, either slow it down or just switch to another beat that's like a halftime or something. And I get interested then. It's just the onslaught of the um, – and a lot of this stuff, it just sounds like they recorded it and they just crank the speed up on everything there's there's moments of that that are that i appreciate and after a while though it's just it's exhausting so when they when they shift it down not only do i appreciate the dynamic but i can also i don't know it starts to have a little bit of a groove or a feel to it which is nice mm-hmm. instead of just being like shouting in your face
0: in terms of the uh, i i i recognize your you said at the beginning that the some of the songs sounding like a, a little video game ish yeah, uh, the track eight Hetzer Jag Off Nazis <laughs> sounds like you're playing like Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, there's like laser sounds and buzzing. And- yeah, and they're like and they have delay on them too and stuff. And it 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 totally <laughs> sounds like you're in the arcade playing some.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're in the arcade because there's like eight games being played at once. <laughs>
0: Well, you know the the new trend is to have these like arcade bars, where you get a bunch of uh, you know arcade games and you set up a bar there. And there, there's one now not far from our house where all the video games are free, but they just badger you to buy drinks the whole time you're there. They just walk around. You need a drink. You need a drink. You need a drink. So, but there's you know so all the games are packs. There's just like it's just this cacophony of uh, of sound of all these. Video game, so should just go in there with a microphone and record it, and I can turn, put it out as the next Atari Teenage Riot single. <laughs> no, that's that's being slightly dismissive because there is some construction going on in these songs, which is, for example, well, I think in, like I mentioned in uh, in track twelve, Sludge Feast, or excuse me, right, nineteen ninety five. No, it's Feast. Is it okay? Yeah, I thought I always thought it was. Uh, sludge fest 2 but then i looked at the spelling i'm like no it's it is actually feast my brain has deceived me <laughs> but there's there's construction going on in, in those so I, I think it's a little bit i don't know i i, I know that there's a dismissive element to samples and in that might not be the best example cuz they use it throughout the whole song whereas in some of the other ones you know the samples used to lead off the song but then they like drop it out at certain points like you were mentioning Going to half times or quieter parts in the middle of the song.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, let's see. There's a I don't know. Like Kids Are United. I mean, that's all based on. I mean, to me, the best part of that song is the hook from the Sham Sixty Nine song. points i'm trying to find my note here it might have been in this in the track where they they sampled uh smells like teen spirit there's one point they sample it and it's blatant like you can hear and when i mean blatant it's it's distracting to me because i can hear smells like teen spirit right so i just i don't i've always struggled with that like mashups and sampling if i can hear the original song in my head that's what I he- hear, and the whole time I'm struggling with this new interpretation of something. Um, so there's, a, there's another sample, I think, on that song where it's less, you don't hear It Smells Like a Teen Spirit. You just They basically use the tone of the guitar to create new sounds, and that is more interesting to me. You know what I mean? Like they don't use the melody. They just borrow the tone and then craft their own melody out of it or their own rhythm out of it. So if it was more of that, I would be I get you. Way more into it, but the second I hear you know the two or three signature notes of whatever it is they're they're lifting, all I want to do is hear that song, you know what I mean, that they lifted it from. I don't want to hear it cut up and re- put together again.
0: What do you think about this as being an influential record or sound? I can see it twofold. One, I don't doubt that there's
1: artists that were influenced by this. I will say there was a notion at the time that all of this stuff broke or was, you know, I don't want to say broke, but was at least becoming, you know, well-known. There was a sense of like, oh, wow, this is what the future of music is going to sound like. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, 20 years from now, all music will be like this. I mean, punk bands will, all punk bands will sound like this. And, you know what I mean? And that hasn't happened. Um, Maybe for the worse or maybe for the better i don't know but it's certainly interesting in that the music that it influenced is still probably fairly underground um you know there's probably some breakthroughs here and there but it's certainly not you know mainstream pop music in terms of how it influenced i think there was a perception at the time of like you know this is going to pretty much be the template for everything going forward
0: right Everybody traded in their guitars for samplers. Right. As the uh, LCD sound system song goes, or turntables, or something like that. Yeah. And I think that there was, you know, there was that whole like electronic was killing the guitar, and that didn't really happen. And I think what this, and I don't know if it was this record specifically or this band, but the electronic, I mean, there is definitely a huge electronic music scene. Mm-hmm. With EDM and you know, bands like Skrill- Skrillex and Diplo and Dead Mouse and all that stuff, but I don't know how much of it comes out. Like, I don't hear anything lyric wise with those artists, so no. and this was no. clearly a band that wanted to make an impact some way lyrically.
1: Yeah, it's like saying, uh, you know, Pantera was hugely influential to metal music that you hear now, it was not influential. It didn't affect really pop music at all. I mean, there's nothing about Pantera right. that you hear <laughs> on the radio uh, in terms of unless you're on a, you know, a, a metal station or something that comes modern rock station that plays metal. Sure. So it's kind of the same thing. Like it, it, the what the sphere of influence is limited to particular genres. And yeah, I mean, there's a there's an angst here that I it isn't familiar to me. You know, any kind of electronic music other than industrial. So there's moments of this record to me that sound like Ministry, mm-hmm. which vocally and lyrically and even the the guitar riffs, that's you know to me that's where I go to when I hear stuff like that. Um, but even that I don't I don't know. I mean, what's the influence of that been? You know, they weren't the first band to to do that, and I don't know. There are many bands still doing that. It's almost like industrial music
0: that seems to have. Really, or, or the, off. Uh,
1: even just the, the combination of like electronic and you know metal riffs.
0: No, I don't, I don't. That does that seem that to me seems like a genre that has all but fallen by the wayside in terms right. of newer artists, right? Uh, let's talk about our overall ratings on this record, Jay. Worthy album, better EP, decent single. Where you at?
1: I just want to say before we leave that topic, I just a, a thought occurred to me.
0: What I was
1: watching, um. Rock on the Range highlights from this past year Mm -hmm. and Ministry played. And watching Al Jurgensen perform those songs now is so bizarre because at the time, I mean, that stuff was like, like I said, it was supposed to be the future of music and like the coolest, darkest, strangest, most extreme thing ever done. And watching a guy who basically looks like an old man, you know what I mean? Do those same songs now with not nearly the mystique or danger energy, energy or anything. You're just like, it's so weird. It's like the future that never happened. and
0: Right. <laughs> it's just,
1: it's surreal. I, I just, I couldn't, I was in a way I was almost like, couldn't stop watching it. Cause it was kind of like a train wreck. It was like, wow, this is so bizarre.
0: It's like watching a movie made in a ninety, made in the 90s that was supposed to take place in the 2000s that looks nothing like the 2000s, <laughs> right. like watching Hackers or Strange Days or one of those movies where you're just like, yeah, things didn't go that way. This, right. this is just really weird. Yeah, the
1: whole premise is, you know, unless it's, you know, something like Back to the Future where it's just such a pop culture thing that, you know, you almost find humor in it. But, uh, right. Yeah. So anyway, I just, that, that vision popped in my head of watching that and thinking about that. Um, I'm at probably a single, a lot of these songs, I could be at an EP if if a lot of these songs were cut in half. I don't know what you're going to say. Like they're not that long, but (laughs) they're really not. I know. But like, like the first two songs, I mean, after a minute and a half, you get the gist of the song. Like you get the energy you get, you've heard all the parts and then they, do you know they play them for another another minute and a half and it's sort of like it loses its punch. So I would I thought it would be really I probably you know I would have liked this album a lot better. I think it would have been a lot more effective if like these songs were all like under two minutes, like literally just like extreme bursts, you know, just machine gun style blasts of like pow 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 pow. Just one after another, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I probably could have got an E got to an EP, um, or maybe even an album, if it would have been done that way. But as it is, I'm at a I'm at a single with a B-side. I have Speed and Delete Yourself as the two songs that uh, I found most interesting.
0: I'm I'm probably more at an EP. I could do like five songs and uh, put them into a workout mix and uh, get the cardio going and then go and then go protest the WTO somewhere yeah get get, get involved in a uh,
1: <laughs> the WTO I forgot about that <laughs> holy smokes is that what we were all angry about
0: yeah you know the the G7 summit or whatever and uh, so, uh yeah
1: <laughs> we have to do an episode on that we have to so, come up a couple of the way to constructively dis- discuss the hell was going on there why why were we so why was music so angry then when there was really relatively nothing to be angry about and so and now it's just not angry at all or it's like it's uh, now it's just like still more about uh, you know angry at uh, girls or your parents or personal relationships I don't know Jay gotta do that round table we do you gotta find some angry people.
0: <laughs> I don't think that'll be difficult. I'm on Facebook every day. There are a lot of angry <laughs> people. So, uh, we'll probably, we can pluck them out. I'm at an EP, like I said, EP, five songs. So, you're at a, you're at a single. That's our uh, take on Delete Yourself by Atari Teenage Riot. If you have an opinion on this record, please head on over to uh, one of our. Social media outlets. Let us know what you think, and of course, if you like what you heard, iTunes. You know what else this reminded me of? Hmm.
1: Um, High Fidelity, the fake band in that of the two skater kids. Oh yeah, who make their own music and you're and, and they like they set up the whole premise of like they got all these amazing influences and the music so it's like uh it's like the perf- it's the music that like you know, a Rolling Stone writer would create to represent, you know, where punk should be in 1995, like right. computers and angst and it's edgy. And you know what I mean? In some ways when I hear it, I'm like
0: slogans,
1: right? I'm like, I'm like uh, this kind of sounds manufactured in a strange, bizarre way. And the same way that band from uh high fidelity kind of does. When you finally hear the music, you're like, Oh, that sounds awful.
0: I think that band was called "I Stole My Mom's Wheelchair." I thought it was the Kinky Wizards. Maybe it was. <laughs> they changed their name, didn't they? They
1: did. At the end, we are not—we're not going to call it. Then we're now called the Kinky Wizards.
0: No, and when—and uh, then Jack Black's band was Barry Jive in the Motown Five. Is that what it was called at the end?
1: They were formed. Well, at first they were called the uh, Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Kathleen that's, Turner Overdrive.
0: That's right. <laughs> We might have to do an episode on that album or on that movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode. Dig Me Out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed as well as links to our request-a-review and merchandise pages. And three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Menichi. and joining me as always, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, it's episode 254, 254, we're in season five, getting close to the end. Five more episodes after this, Jay. And then another season going. And then what another season, season is in this? the books. Five? We're in season five. Five to go in five. Yeah, five and five. Uh, this Chuck week, Willard. Jay. <laughs> it's the Chuck Woolery episode. There you go. I don't know what that means.
1: You don't remember Chuck Woolery? From the... I know
0: who he is, but what is that reference? Before,
1: before he would go to commercial on every show, he would say, we'll be back in 5 and 5.
0: But what does that mean? 5 and 5? Five? 5 what? It was 5 minutes or something? That's a long commercial break.
1: Let me see here What is? Look it up while you go.
0: Okay, well, while you uh, look up useless information (laughs) on Chuck Woolery, uh, we're going to be doing an album from 1995. 20 years have passed. We did one last week with Sunvolt uh, and their album Trace. And then I threw one out, Jay, from 1995, put it on the calendar. Delete Yourself by Atari Teenage Riot. Now, this is a record. (laughs) I reviewed the wrong record. What? (laughs) What did you review? Oh, fuck. What did you review? I'm stopping recording. I reviewed the...